and welcome to Moving Through Menopause. I'm so happy and thrilled to be joined by Dr. Susan Baumgettel. And uh, Dr. Susan jetted in virtually all the way from the United States. And she's making me feel very slightly homesick because, of course, I did live there for a time, Susan. Colorado, right? Colorado. Remind me where you are again. I'm in Seattle, Washington, on the coast. Ah, on the coast, yeah. Well, Colorado was just about as far as you could get from the coast. <laughs> oh, but I did love it there. We are here tonight to talk about Susan's passion project. She's a practicing physician and born out of her time coping with isolation. What do you do when you've got nowhere to go and nobody to chat with? And so Susan's passion project, The Menopause Menu, was born. And this is something that, you know, our interests collided at this point when we start to talk about menopause. And, uh, and so I'm so thrilled to welcome you, Susan. Thank you so much for coming along and having a chat tonight. Thank you, Philippa. It's wonderful to be here. And this is my first, um, shall we say, cross the pond adventure. So I'm really excited to chat with you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And you know, what we have in common is that we're very passionate about sharing educational resources with people to, to help guide them on this journey, because life is indeed a journey. And uh, particularly for me around this time of menopause, I find so much change uh, you know, physically, emotionally, in terms of my life situation, children flying the coop, uh, parents becoming more dependent, perhaps. So, you know, there's such a lot of transition going on around this time. And it's a lot for people to deal with alone, isn't it? It is. And, and as we look around the world, uh, my gosh, we could spend hours talking about the pandemic, but we won't. Uh, I, I think... Uh, and, and we also won't talk about politics because that will go nowhere. But, you know, we're uh, we're suffering. Uh, we collectively in the world are suffering. Um, I think um, as a physician, um, my 25 year career full time, uh, except time off for a baby, um, the last year and a half, probably the most uh, difficult time of my life. And uh, I'm not even an inpatient physician, uh, but. In a way, I had even more stress in terms of, uh, you know, I wasn't in the hero group uh, and, uh, you know, wasn't in the ICU and so forth. Mm. Uh, amazing people uh, mm. working very hard. But um, unlike people I know or friends or patients even um, uh, who are at home, either working from home or maybe even kind of bored if they're retired and not doing much and can't go anywhere, I was just working 16-hour days and 16 hours every day and it was utterly exhausting and i know it seems counterintuitive because i'm going to talk about sleep in a minute probably but um i honestly think that that's where um, my passion project really started to crystallize i mean i've been thinking about menopause the journey of menopause uh with most of my pre peri postmenopausal women for decades um but really it, i had to have an outlet during all of this stressful time. And so uh, that's how Menopause Mini was born. And it's a free website. It's just available for all as a resource, um, including men. Uh, and anyone who wants to learn about menopause, frankly, it's not a women's only club. Um, 
And uh, I love the fact that it's organic. I mean, it's growing, it's changing. Um, I add to the content. Uh, I'm writing a book, of course, you know, isn't that the, the next thing people do is write a book. Um, but a lot of it really started from a different program that um, uh, a lot of people know if they know me called Vinny for Change. And that was from a number of years ago. And it was a seven year program, which was intended initially to um, help uh, men and women, but mostly women with weight management. And I'd say the average age was um, about 59, 60. Um, and although it originally started as a weight management program, it gradually shifted and blossomed more into a kind of wellness program. And I almost hesitate to use that word because in America, the insurance industry has ruined that term forever. So wellness is like a you know checkbox on an insurance form. But to me, the essence of that, you know, really uh, looking at weight loss as a side effect of what you're doing not as the goal. And I think coming back to menopause, boy, oh boy, if I had a dime, you know, the famous phrase, if I had a dime for every time I heard someone say, uh, and a menopausal woman say, oh my gosh, I eat better than I have before. I'm exercising more. And where'd that 10 pounds come from? And it's always down here, you know? So, uh, you know, everyone's journey is unique but there's so many common similarities. There's so many themes. And I think that that's really what I hope to help uh, people, uh, help anyone kind of navigate and, and kind of turn inward and look at what's important for them as they think about their weight and, and other things that pertain to menopause. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely have experienced that uh, this is something that people might, focus on the weight around the middle particularly um, uh, and yet there'll be others all sorts of other things that are coexisting and and probably contributing to this you know weight that is sitting around the middle um, and so we really would be remiss not to deal with it in this uh, holistic kind mm -hmm. of fashion uh, you know you talked a little bit briefly about sleep there you know, the contribution of um, sleeplessness to our capacity to sort of hold on to, to, to weight. Um, and so, it, you know, dealing with it in the round yeah. is, is, is really and, important. You know, you can go down that rabbit hole. I mean, I honestly think the internet is dangerous <laughs> uh, to, you know, look up how to sleep better. Um, some of it is so painfully, ridiculously simple. You know, get more sleep, uh, quality sleep, not just quantity. And I think um, sometimes folks can get a little too hung up on what's called sleep hygiene um, and say, well, I'm doing all that. You know, I, I have the bed very quiet and it's dark and it's not too hot. And, and uh, you know, only use the bed for sleep and sex and I won't balance my checkbook and I won't watch TV. And, but, you know, it's much more than just sleep hygiene, especially as you're going through these perimenopausal phases and actually well beyond. So, you know, I hope people realize when I, whenever I say post-menopause, post means after, once you're through menopause, you're post-menopause until you can be 85, you're still post-menopause. So it's not like suddenly there's a magic time period, boom, you're done, everything's reset. I mean, all of these things kind of kind of trickle on throughout the rest of our journey in our lives. So how you address that and how you set that pattern, because it's going to change, it's going to shift. Um, but yeah, 
I I left a, a long-term job recently, which was heroic and, and terrifying at the same time. I I feel like a hundred-pound you know gorilla is off my off my shoulders. Um, but I noticed something fascinating, um, and I, I do not brag about that sixteen-hour workday. Uh, in fact, I look back and I you know I'm I, I'm, I'm in horror of it. But now that I have the opportunity to get more sleep, guess what? Less stress. And by literally snapping my fingers, I think I've lost 15 pounds. Now, I was never on a weight loss journey. Like, my goal was never to lose weight. And I, and I think that is something really important to grasp. Again, I, I really think weight loss should be a side effect and not the goal. I mean... Honestly, I, I, over the decades, I've, I've lost track of a woman who would say, you know, oh, I, I jumped on the scale this morning and I lost three pounds. Like, woohoo! Like, you know, why should the fact that you lost three pounds make you super happy and excited and you have a great day? And then on the contrary, you know, oh, my God, I gained two pounds. Oh, crap. You know, why should that matter? Why should that you know, but the, this is the thing, though, because I totally, totally know that feeling. And and you know what? Sometimes it's because the scales are broken. That's <laughs> no, but seriously, it actually reads wrong. But it's still, <laughs> it still makes me feel better. That's That's why I think it's ingrained. Dare I say, society or Hollywood or whatever word you want to yeah. use? But I think it's ingrained in us. You know, if you're larger or you have some rolls or you have a little belly, you know, like that's not acceptable. And I think that's baloney. Um, you know, we should steer away from that. I just really, I've, I've really learned over time when I compliment someone, especially a woman, and I say, gosh, you look great. Um, I see that and I say, like, you look like you have great energy. Uh, or you, your skin looks great, you know, you just look, you just come from a run, or I love that color on you. And that is different than saying, wow, you look really good, have you lost weight? You know, it, it, there's there's no judgment there. And it's, no. it's, it's a true compliment to someone's inner spirit, not what they physically look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, this is something that I know for myself personally, I have carried with me since... Uh, my teenage years you know as a developing young woman when uh, your body starts to change and you are not somehow prepared for that and uh, and that that you know particularly when I think I was early with that you know so I was changing before everybody else who was still like a little twiglet and uh, you know I was burgeoning and uh, it, and it didn't really feel good because I was somehow now suddenly different to everybody else. Right. Um, you know, and this, this really, uh, 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 you know, that somehow traveled with me, whether I wanted it to or not. I think, um, I, I, statistically, I don't know, but I'll bet you anything, 98% of women are like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I don't think that's necessarily bad. I mean, we all have a background. We were all little girls once. We all went through different phases in our life where we didn't uh, perhaps like our body, like teenage acne. Um, and, um, but, you know, there's a, there's a saying, you know, puberty is like, you know, menopause. Menopause is like puberty in reverse. Like, I, I don't 
think that that's true, except for maybe the hormone balance, because yeah. what we have at our age is wisdom. And I think we look back and we say, wow, I, why was I worried about that? Or why was I so concerned? But that's okay. Own our adventure, own our journey. There's nothing wrong. We don't have to go backwards and say, darn it, I should really have changed my mind. No, but we can have that opportunity now to restructure it and to, to you know, again, this is a little overused, but, you know, self-care and self-love. And I think that that is where you get value and strength, um, especially being a woman, woman going through menopause, you know, I'm post-menopause. And um, I think there's a, a new appreciation of your body. First of all, the parts that don't work uh, and getting to know those parts that are not working the way you'd like them to, uh, either coming, at, you know, getting at peace with them or saying, wait, I can approach this differently. I can, I can do it differently. And so getting back to the weight, you know, that is a true thing for most, not all, but most women who've gone through menopause who are so frustrated by their little belly and they say, I, I, you know, they talk about what size pants they are and, you know, they can't fit in them and it's very frustrating. And I would never make light of that because it's very frustrating. And, you know, so pulling back and looking at, you know, the four pillars or the, the, the kind of things that really do impact weight in a different way is really important. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I think for me, uh, there's a the health sort of argument that I, that I think is appropriate. You know, that um, the incidence of coronary heart disease is greater for women after menopause. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's insulin resistance, there's diabetes, there's heart disease. You can talk about a brain health. You can talk about osteoporosis, it's bone health. I mean, yeah. the list goes on and on, not to be depressing, but, you know, yeah. and that's where there's an intersection. I think there, you know, is it all just the postmenopausal journey or is it aging? And I think they're not one and the same, but there's a lot of interplay. And so, it, you know, as the further away you get from menopause, you know, those postmenopausal issues are changing and shifting because of our aging process, you know, through the decades. And so that is, I think, uh, an area that we all need to do better. We need in society a better uh, promoting, better teaching. Uh, uh, I love kind of adding in the holistic flavors, and I know what you do is so important as a physiotherapist here, we're calling physical therapist, but I know you do yoga and Pilates and, and you work with people's, um, you know, musculoskeletal systems, which are so incredibly important um, to support everything else. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, sarcopenia is, is a feature as well as osteoporosis, osteopenia. And uh, there's no doubt that the hormonal, um, it's really the sudden deterioration that occurs over that period of, uh, of tra menopause transition, you know, that five to seven years when the adjust the, the changes are occurring uh, at a more a, a steeper sort of rate. And then things level off and it becomes more like uh, what happens to a man, you know. Mm -hmm. but, it, but that step change is what puts us at a, this slight disadvantage, isn't it? And so, uh, and so that's the thing for me to know that it's not quite the same trajectory that a man will take be and because we'll just have this step change around that time when the uh, the hormonal shifts are at the uh, occurring at the, the biggest rate and yeah. so uh, so you're, you're right it is about that time it is about the longer term 
um, absolutely, because, you know, the time is marching on. It's not going backwards, is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> sadly. And then, of course, there's a subset of, of, of people, of women, who had hysterectomies. Oh, and cool. had their ovaries uh, removed with or without, you know, ovaries removed. Mm. Uh, or if they've had cancer, or they've had mm. um, chemo, or they've had mm. treatments, which have literally flicked that switch. Literally. They are in instantaneous menopause. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, that is tough. Uh, I've had so many patients like that, and yeah. um, you know, you, your journey, my journey, maybe over a, a number of years, but to do that overnight, um, it's brutal. And I think that is where um, this is kind of like the bits that aren't always talked about. You know, like society doesn't talk about vaginal dryness very much. Um, mm -hmm. They also don't talk about mental health. And mm -hmm. when it comes to menopause. Mental health is paramount because mm -hmm. stress can go up, uh, family stress, look at where you are in terms of your life, maybe there's financial pressures, maybe someone, mm -hmm. maybe a parent has died, maybe a child's, yeah. you know, floundering and, and here you are dealing with your hormones. Um, and um, there is a lot of, there's a lot of anxiety and, you know, getting back to the weight, don't forget about eating disorders. Uh, there are so many folks who've had eating disorders for lengthy periods of time and maybe they're actually even unrecognized or undiagnosed mm -hmm. that can pop into the picture too and so there's so just there's just it gets very complicated and, and to say it's just oh you're fine wait a couple of years you're good that's not what you're saying but unfortunately people go to their uh doctors and maybe some who are not very in tune with this process or they're hate to say it, way too busy uh and not able to talk about it mm -hmm. um or Many women get their information from their best friend or their, or their mom or their aunt or their big sister. And um, and then somehow their, their kind of mysteries still aren't solved um, yeah. or things are perpetuated that really aren't true. And um, I, that's, again, coming back to menopause menu where I want to make sure it's a resource. Um, because if you go down that rabbit hole in the internet, you end up in some very heavy-duty medical literature very quickly, and you have to look up every word because you know, that's not your job. Or you can go to a Hollywood nameless, faceless, won't mention the name site where it's just a bunch of baloney. And and how do you kind of know what's true? There's just the, the, the TMI, too much information is not helpful when you are a bit stressed trying to deal with those non-positive issues. No, and, and I mean, you can feel really very vulnerable at, at that time and, uh, you know, not knowing where to turn. And this this was really my experience, which is, you know, hence what has uh, um, motivated me to, to really become better informed. Uh, you know, you speak of the, uh, the mental health issues and uh, anxiety and depression, something that is it's out of the biochemistry, you know, because you you, you, you do begin to question, uh, you know, why why is this happening? Why do I feel so bad? And and, I, and I'm depressed and that defines you as a human. Uh, and and it, it's never really caught. And so you go to the doctor and they offer you antidepressants and don't sort of suggest that the shift in the biochemistry may actually be contributing to this. Yeah. And, uh, and at the root of it, and that, uh, it, you know, if we manage that better, 
then you know the difference is night and day no, I mean, there's absolutely time and a place for medications, uh, absolutely. Um, but I think that to think of, uh, I guess I could say, you know, Western medicine just as the answer, uh, I think there should be an interplay between uh, kind of the Eastern philosophy, holistic approaches, Western medicine. Um, I'm a very good, I'm a strong, staunch supporter of evidence-based medicine and you know, not just whimsical thing. Oh, work for me. You know, maybe it'll work for you. In fact, that's the whole premise of the diet industry, isn't it? Yeah. You know, oh, I lost 40 pounds. You could too. Only if you just ate pickles for three months. Like, you know, I, it, it's it's absurd. So, but, but that's the very essence of, I think, the desperation where a woman is like, well, I'll do anything as long as I can kind of get jump started. You know, jump-starting, I, I used to kind of accept that as like, okay, let's, you know, like get the first couple of pounds going. And now I try to talk people out of using that word because jump-start, it's like jump-starting a motorcycle, you know, and then you're off and running. But jump-starting weight loss by kind of doing a cleanse or, or you know, fasting for six days and not eating anything except for, you know, water, uh, it, it, it is harmful. And the older you get, um, it becomes more harmful. I've hospitalized people for kidney failure and liver failure because they tried some really hardcore restricted diets. And that's wow. um, so getting back to getting away from the guilt, getting away from that, um, you know, mental health kind of penalty box where um, every woman I know that's uh, probably more pre and peri, maybe a little less postmenopause said, oh my God, I just bit my husband's head off. Like, I didn't mean to do that. And I realized as I was saying it, I didn't mean to do that, but I couldn't control myself. And then I'm so frustrated and it's just like this, like the, the very negative self-talk. So that's, that's has, we have to pay more attention to that. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, you know, that's interplay, as you say, between all these different, uh, you know, nutrition rather than uh, nourishment, rather than uh, calories. You know, that that conversation of uh, if we fuel fuel the brain, you know, fuel the body, uh, then we're, we're going. It's going to work a whole lot better than if we think of depriving it of, of uh, nourishment. And and the effect overall, once you start to fuel yourself with um, appropriate kinds of sources then uh, or, or healthful sources perhaps uh, i would say uh, then you know the, the knock-on is that sleep is better the um uh, the mood mood is enhanced uh, so so there is you know it's that bi-directional nature isn't it uh, you know that uh, working from you know here up and here down and uh, and and sort of how do we how do we break into that uh, that cycle? And for, and I guess that's different approaches. We'll speak to different people. Yeah. No, I think um, uh, recently, this is not my quote, you know, sitting is the new smoking, right? Um, oh, yes. And, and uh, <laughs> I've heard that many times. And I, you know, people who sit all day, they're, they're doomed. Um, but I think, um, and maybe this would be my quote, you know, self-care is a new mantra for defining a kind of personal wellness. And um, if we can't focus on um, nutrition, I don't use that word diet, uh, or actually I, I, I don't even say exercise very much, I say movement. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, sleep and and uh, stress management and stress is huge. You think about the whole cortisol mm -hmm. and hormone effects. Um, that is that's that's kind of almost in a nutshell. I mean, there's so many other peripheral factors like social, you know, social connection. But yeah. I think that is where you know proverbial money is, and that's yeah. where you can do the most good for yourself. Yeah. Not just like oh, but only oh, knock off five pounds. But if you can focus on those areas, absolutely, you will see weight loss as a side effect. Um, and even if you don't, you will see a better you. And you will feel better. You will function better. Um, some people's goal, and really goal setting is the sky's the limit. Some people just want to bend over and be able to tie their shoes. Yeah. Uh, others want to get ready for a half marathon. You know, And there's everything in between. And so... Uh, forget what your neighbor doing. You know what what is helpful for you, and how do you feel better? How do you get your energy better? And it's and I've seen some very very skinny, very uh, successful patients who've lost lots of weight, depressed, anxious, not doing well, feeling terrible, having pain issues. So weight loss is not the holy grail. It's it's just part of the journey. And I know it's a frustrating part, but it, it shouldn't just be isolated as kind of the one thing. No, and you know, it's a real figure that can be misleading when we look at body composition. You know, the fact that muscle really does weigh more than fat, and uh, and having more muscle as a as a proportion of your body mass is going to be essentially uh, better all around. Um, you know, uh, just being able to stand on one leg, by the way, Susan, you know, the ability to stand on one leg is going to potentially uh, contribute to our longevity. That core, boy, that core, if, if, you're, if you're engaged, you're, I'm, I'm sitting here comfortably in my chair, not engaging my core at all. But uh, if you are engaging your core, you're absolutely right. And again, that's kind of where it's not just the menopausal journey, but aging, you know, we're mm -hmm. losing. You know, our lean body mass is getting lower, and therefore, you know, there's, there's more fat. It doesn't necessarily replace it, but it certainly can if you're not being attentive to your nutritional intake. Yeah. But uh, you do need to be more active in ways that you didn't quite have to, perhaps, um, before menopause. Well, I think that's that's actually right. In fact, you have to be uh, active to stay the same. So in order to make a shift in, you know, in the positive direction, imagine how much that's going to take. So, you know, and so this is the thing that it's never more important than it is in middle life. And actually, you know, the great news is that you actually can make a, a really big impact by introducing movement, as you say, into your life in, at this time, you know, in middle life. And uh, sometimes I say it's a little bit annoying that the gains will be just as great as if you've done it all along as somebody who's been doing it all along. You know, sometimes that comes as a bitter pill to swallow. But, yeah. you know, that is the reality of the situation that, uh, on yeah. the other hand, don't leave it too late. And I think that, you know, from a medical career, there's so many things that uh, are invisible. You can't see high blood pressure. You can see high no. blood pressure. You can't see high cholesterol. No. You can't really see diabetes until maybe it's too late. You can't see yeah. disease. All these things you can't necessarily see. And so we all know that if you bomb down a ski hill and you crash and you have your you have little body caps, that's very visual. You fracture the whole bunch of bones. 
but there's nothing you can't look at me and say, does she have hypertension? And so there's no reminders. And I think that's where people look in the mirror and they say, oh my gosh, I need to lose weight. Um, maybe that is a reminder in some ways indirectly that yes, we do need to think about that. But there's so many other things that are going on as we age and as we think about the postmenopausal journey that are just as important. Uh, but weight loss, you know, weight does matter because it does contribute to insulin resistance. It does contribute to, you know, glucose control, pre-diabetes, diabetes, heart disease. I mean, that that is still very, very much tangible. And, you know, if we take out cancer and we take out COVID, you know, heart disease is still a killer. And, and then, of course, we get into things like breast cancer. So there's a lot there. It's we don't have to live in fear, but but I think we have to pay attention um, more so than than women. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think the thing that I oh gosh, I'm getting me echo again. Uh, the the thing that I sort of uh, have experienced is that we can kind of just very gradually and slowly experience a declining state of wellness overall, if you want to call it that, that is almost imperceptible. And that people don't necessarily feel ill. It's just that maybe they don't feel 100% well. And, and that really, for me, I would love it if we could all feel really well, you know, not, not just, not just kind of, not notice how you feel, but actually really feel well, and uh, and so and so this is the thing. How how do you kind of what are those parameters where you might notice that you're maybe not quite as firing on all cylinders? And the other thing, of course, that people start to ac accept that that is inevitable somehow, and that I you know and I really hate that for people that that we would think and and not to be too mean about doctors but you know doctors do start to talk about age being a contributory factor you know nowadays it's in your 30s that 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 word age might just be mentioned you know what's your thoughts well, I, think, that? I agree i think that um everybody quotes studies and study participants have to be a certain sex and age and so on and so forth so you know but you're exactly right in terms of having that be the premise for oh well don't worry you're x amount of years old Oh my gosh, I, I uh, remember a woman who was 89, I think she died when she was 96, but when she was 89, she was still working as uh, the registrar uh, part-time for a college, and she loved to work around the young folks who were like in their 60s, um, it was so funny, and she it kept her mind alive, and, and, and she was so vibrant, and holy cow, you know, if you think uh, retirement is is the next step is your coffin. That's ridiculous. Um, it's a gateway to the next fabulous stage of your life, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I I've also seen people who are in their late sixties and they're saying and they look like they need to find kind of a you know retirement home. Uh, yeah. So it, it, there's so many factors. There's genetics. There's you know there's heritage, uh, racial socioeconomic I and mean, the list goes on in terms of why people are, are, are what they are, how they age, but you're exactly right. I just don't think we should uh, ever use that number 
to say, oh, posh, that's my man. Um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little unconventional, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that's why we obviously get along, Susan. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I really love talking about this, this topic, and I, I could go on and on and on. But uh, I think, the, you know, the idea that I keep coming back to is this, this uh, a multifaceted approach, but that, uh, but that different individuals have different goals. And, uh, you know, and it's not for us to choose what they should do or how, how they should go about it, merely to, to offer support and, uh, and information to thrive as we move forwards on this onward journey. I always laugh when they say that when you're on an aeroplane. <laughs> We're all on this journey together and uh, let's get along, get together, help one another, use reliable sources for your information and, and in, interrogate it. Get curious, get curious about all this stuff. Susan's got a fabulous website. I mean, it's it's absolutely busting full of information, Susan. I don't know where you found all the time. Just getting started, honestly. So uh, check back regularly because I'm I'm adding to it, and you know, I know libraries are a little old fashioned because no one is going to a library these days. But I see it like a library. It's a resource. It's you know, you come back and you get into the book and you check this out and you check that out. It's not where you have to sit and comb through every subject, but maybe yeah. you have five minutes, you just want to think like, oh, let's see if I can think about, you know, there's like a two minute meditation thing on there I want to try. Oh, great idea. So I, I hope that people um, get the right flavor from it and um, I'll let you know when the book comes out. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. We'll, we'll have another chat when the book comes out. And I love that you said get the right flavor for the menopause menu. I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. I know it's only morning for you and you've got the whole rest of the day ahead of you. So have a very wonderful rest of your day and thank you again so much. It's lovely to chat, Susan. Thank you. Thank you, Philippa, and goodbye. Take care.